Well, good morning, church. Online, in person, great to see everybody. Hope you got an outline. You had a couple of things you probably got on your way in. This is a this is such a a fun, encouraging, challenging day. I really look forward to this every year, and I think this is my twenty second. Uh, to be a part of this Sunday where we remember, we're told in the Bible over and over again, remember what, who God is and what he's done and how he's worked in your life. Remember that so that as you look forward and he calls you to more, you're ready. You're prepared. Your heart is like, let's go and uh, follow him wherever he leads. So uh, I'm glad that we get to have this morning um, together. I came across a show a few years ago, um, one of my favorites now. Uh, you may have seen it, but basically it's a reality show where 10 people are uh, taken to a very remote area, like literally nothing in sight. They're given 10 items from a previously approved 40, uh, list of 40 items. They can pick 10 they get dropped off on a, a beach somewhere, and they have to survive. The show is called Alone, and it's a last person standing kind of thing. So you just stay out there as long as you can. And uh, the way you tap out is what they call it. You have to call on the sat phone and say, I'm done. And then they come pick you up, and you're out. The person who stays the longest gets 500000 bucks. Okay? Now, here's what's interesting about that show. At the beginning, everybody, uh, all the contestants are really consumed with some, you know, the physical requirements, right? You got to find uh, a place to set up shelter, and uh, you've got to find a source of food. You got to get a fire going. And so there's this kind of panic, this urgency to get all of that stuff in place. But over time, it's so interesting that what happens is those contestants think less and less about the physical needs, although they have them, and they think more and more and more about the relationships they have and can't be around. And most of the people who tap out don't tap out because of physical reasons. It's just psychologically they get to a place where they don't want to be alone anymore. Isn't that interesting? I think that's true of all of us. We were never made to be alone. In our context, regardless of how many people we're around, it seems, uh, we're feeling more and more alone. A few statistics for you. Back in 2006, uh, the American Sociological Review published a report, Social Isolation in America. They said 25% of Americans stated they have no one to confide in, not a single person. 2008, uh, some guys published a, a study called Loneliness, Human Nature, and the Need for Social Connection. And they said in there, at any given time, roughly 20% of individuals feel sufficiently isolated for it to be a major source of unhappiness in their lives. Fast forward 10 years, 2018, Cigna and Ipsos surveyed 20,000 U.S. adults 18 years and older. 40% of them said they feel alone. 47% said they generally feel left out most of the time. Then COVID happened. 2021, a study was done at Harvard. Their title for the study is An Epidemic of Loneliness is Spreading Across America. They said that alarming numbers of Americans are lonely. 61% of people ages 18 to 25 reported feeling lonely frequently or almost all the time during the four weeks prior to them taking their survey. 61%. 
That means you're just walking down the street and six out of every ten people that you cross paths with, they feel alone. The thing is, they don't have a sat phone where they can just call somebody somewhere and say, I'm I'm tapping out, I'm done, get me home. Because at home, they feel alone. That's hard. We are surrounded by crowds of people online and in person, but suffer from a severe lack of authentic, committed relationships. Now, if there ever were a cultural affliction that the church can do something about, that we can address, it's loneliness, right? I mean, we get that. The Bible actually describes all of humanity like loneliness is one of our greatest issues. Listen to these words out of Ephesians 2. He's writing to the church. These are Christians. These are people who have entrusted their life to Christ, and he's telling them about their condition prior to uh, trusting in him. Remember that you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise. And here's the result. Having no hope and without God in the world... Does that sound like loneliness to you? It sure does to me. It's the epitome of loneliness. And that is our experience of the death sentence that everyone gets as a result of their sin. But then the good news. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, in a remote place, all by yourself, spiritually dead, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Separated, alienated, strangers, without hope, brought near, connected by the loving sacrifice of Jesus. The church has something to say to a lonely world. Uh, we, one of the things we said around here for a few years now is that the Christian life is a connected life. That's, like, that's our calling card. And we as Christians are called to cultivate connected followers of Christ. That's our mission. That's what we're all about here at Fellowship Bible Church. But really, that's what every church ought to be about is cultivating connected followers of Christ. We use uh, what we call the portrait of a connected life. It's a, a picture that envisions the movement from isolation to connection. We have five biblical connections. You can see them there. Upward with God, backward with our story, withward with the body, inward with our gifting, and then outward with the mission. And all of that grounded in the good news of the gospel. That's the portrait. That's the life. That's what God has given to anyone who have entrusted themselves to him for the forgiveness of their sin. We as Christ followers, we get to tell a lonely world about that. We get to call people, six out of ten today, who walk around and feel lonely. We get to invite them into community, into relationship, so that they don't have to feel isolated any longer. Now, with this portrait in mind, every year what we do is we take one of those connections and we emphasize that connection, not to the neglect of the others, because we're all going after all of that all of the time. But each year we feel like it's important for us to take one and drill down, focus, really get into what does that mean and how can I grow in that particular area, The books of the Bible that we study on Sunday mornings and we discuss in our community groups, the initiatives that we take in ministry, all of those are a reflection of the emphasis that we have for that year. So in light of remembering, last year our focus was on connecting upward with God. 
We studied the book of Hebrews, and we did that because that book focuses in on drawing near. Remember that? Drawing near to our God and holding fast to what he says is true, despite the opposition that we might experience in the world around us. We wanted to connect upward with God. We encouraged everyone to explore some of what Christians have called forever the spiritual disciplines, reading our Bible, learning to pray, uh, reading books that, that feed our soul, that help us grow spiritually. We, we focused on all of that, not only as individuals, but as a community of faith. And then as an overflow of our growing intimacy with God, we began a new initiative that we called Fellowship Outward. And as, as I said, an overflow, that means as I'm connecting upward with God, that inevitably points me outward. I get to go and talk to others about the intimacy that I have, that I experience, that's changing my life. So we challenged everyone one year ago from here, we challenged everyone to prayerfully consider going on a mission trip. And we defined a mission trip as an intentional outreach initiative, three-day minimum, intended to establish or advance a gospel presence in a particular area somewhere in the world, across the street or in another country. We invited you to join a trip that was already existing. You could sign up and, and go with, with a group, or you could create one for yourself, and some did. We've been to Honduras, Memphis, Slovenia. We had a worship arts camp here. We had two backyard Bible clubs in uh, Rockvale and Liberty Heights. Uh, we went to Valor Ridge with prison ministry. We went to Scotland. Uh, I just found this out, but Karen Dye, she uh, has done a lot with Hope Force. They do disaster relief. She's been to Louisiana, New Jersey, West Tennessee, and Nashville, all on mission trips, going to people who have been devastated by some kind of disaster and bringing relief, encouragement, prayer, and support. Joe Clara right now is up in Kentucky helping with the flooded areas there. All in all, we had over 180 people go on a mission trip this summer. Is that awesome? Amazing. And I thought about this. If we don't go after that kind of stuff, I'm, this is going to sound like the biggest no-duh of the century. If we don't go after that kind of stuff, like invite each other to do that, guess what? We won't do it. We'll stay right here, comfortable, convenient, relaxed, and the world will go on being lonely. Um, as we follow hard after God, change is inevitable. So again, thinking about this last year, we experienced a lot of different change. Um, one of the biggest ones that got my attention was, a, was changes within our staff team. And I want you guys to know, we, uh, we just, we have an awesome team. I just, I love every one of them and they love you and they love uh, leading and serving this church. Um, but we've had some change and I want to highlight that because uh, it, God has provided in a number of ways. I'll begin by saying we had two step off our staff team, Miriam Walsh and David Wilkinson. And uh, that was a great loss for our team. But here's the beautiful thing. You know, the Lord just led them off, but they're here. They're, they're, they and their families are a part of this church. A huge blessing and uh, I can't wait to see all of the ways God will use them outside of being a part of our staff. But that happened. And then, uh, it's so funny, I think I announced last year, Connor Shoup joined our team with Benji in uh, Fellowship Student Ministries. He's one of our FSM pastors now. Uh, Rob Bloss uh, joined us. He and Darcy moved here. He is our ministry ops pastor. Melissa Riggs 
is our new children's ministry pastor. She's right back over there. Uh, and then most recently, Matt returned from Uganda, Matt Angel. And uh, he is going to be a pastoral resident. So God provided in some very crucial ways so that we could continue moving forward with our mission. Lastly, I'll mention uh, Carrie Henry, who has been here for a very long time in the history of this church and has been our children's pastor for a number of years. And she shifted over into uh, the women's pastor role and is doing a great job. Ladies, I, I can't wait for you to meet her if you haven't already. But God has really provided for us in some beautiful ways. And it always means change, but uh, it really means God has more for us. Um, the makeup of our church has changed quite a bit. I know a lot of times in staff meetings, we would be sitting around and just going, have you seen all the new people? I mean, the country is shut down for COVID, but people are visiting the church. It's amazing. So we took a survey last week just to try and get an idea of, of what's going on here and who is here. So here were some of the results that we got. 30% of our church family have lived in Murfreesboro less than five years. 30%. 46% have attended fellowship less than five years. Now, just to put that in context, I wonder how many of you have been here longer than eight years, six years. Let's go six years. We weren't in this building until 2014, so there's a whole lot of history before that that anyone who came after 2014, they know nothing about. They, don't, they didn't go into Blackman Middle School and set up chairs and tables and, you know, go to different teachers' classrooms and the cafeteria. and like, They didn't do that, which is totally fine, but their only experience is right here. It's amazing. We found out that people have moved literally from all over the country, east coast, west coast, north, south, coming from everywhere, which means they're bringing some cultural diversity, right? The northeast and the west coast, not like middle Tennessee. And that's good. That's great because we all love Christ. And we are still brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of where we come from. But we bring our stories and our experiences. That's a beautiful richness that our church is gaining. Now, here's the thing that really touched on where we're going today. The average feeling of connectedness to the surrounding community, people like where you work and your neighbors and all that kind of stuff, 67 out of 100 now, when I was in school, that was a D. <laughs> I don't know if it's a D here, but I'm, I'm just saying. That's kind of interesting to me. And then the average feeling of connectedness at fellowship, 68. Man, I want that to change. I want every person who sits in a seat or watches us online, I would love for them to say a hundred out of a hundred in terms of how connected I feel to this church. I think that's what the Lord wants for us. I think that's kind of what Jesus prayed for in John 17, isn't it? That we would be one, that we would feel like we belong, that this is our place, we're a part of this. So our heart is to address that. And it's phenomenal opportunities for us as a church. Like that presents us with opportunities to multiply meaningful connections. And whether you're brand new or you've been around here a long time, we have a chance to cultivate a special community of faith right here at Fellowship Bible Church. And so that's our aim for the coming year. We want to connect with Word with the body. That's going to be our theme. That's going to be our emphasis for this year. And you can see over here on this panel, we've got a new panel up for the new year. I'll read it to you. Connecting withward as the body builds Christ-like maturity and displays the love of God to the world. So we aren't meant to connect just for us. And isn't it tempting 
to come to church and to ask the question, what do you got for me? But the whole idea of us connecting in a meaningful way, it's going to bring about growth in us and it's going to display the love of Christ to the world in such a way where they lean in and go, what do you guys got going on over there? I'm lonely. I'm isolated. I'm separated, alienated, without hope and without God in the world. What do you guys got? And we can lead them to Christ. Now, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 tells us at least part of why that statement, that statement is true. And it begins with this amazing phrase, two are better than one. Two are better than one. Now, we just talked about, remember in Genesis, in our identity series, we just talked about the fact that the first thing that wasn't good in the garden was what? That the man was alone, right? He was created for a relationship, and yet he didn't have it. There was, there was no one, nothing in the world that was compatible with him. And the Lord showed him when he named the animals, right? And then woman shows up. And he's like, yes, that's it. And God addressed his need for relationship in a beautiful way. None of us are comprehensively self-sufficient. None of us were really created for autonomy or independence, and yet we celebrate it all the time, don't we? Rugged individualism. And I get it. I, I get the idea behind that. But together is better. Solomon says that here. Now, why? Why is together better? He goes on to explain. Because they, those two that are together, because they have a good reward for their toil. Now, the reward there, that's a broad term. It can have a number of applications, but it's meant to introduce to us the idea of the gains of living in community. Here's a couple of thoughts. Greater productivity, right? You think about two people working together versus one working all by themselves. There's greater productivity there. There's available time to enjoy the fruits of one's labor. If you look at the passage right before this one in Ecclesiastes, you see the vanity of someone who's working like crazy and getting all kinds of uh, uh, things just of value for themselves, but they have no one to share it with. And Solomon says, what a waste. Lastly, shared purpose and camaraderie. There's something very powerful about you sharing a direction, a vision, a purpose with someone else who believes in it just like you do. So generally, we could say living in community enhances our fruitfulness and safeguards our vulnerabilities. Solomon gives three specific benefits. These are just examples. There could be many others, but uh, three benefits of living in community. First of all, recovery from setbacks. He says if they fall, if one of those two or both fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. That's a sad place of misery when you go down and there's no one around. Secondly, enduring the elements. Solomon uses a very practical uh, description here. He says, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? You've, you've heard that from a survival perspective. If you're in the Arctic Circle and you're all by yourself, guess what you are? Frozen. So there's something about two being together that creates warmth that one all by themselves cannot create. Lastly, repelling an attack. Though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. 
That just makes sense, doesn't it? If I'm all by myself, I am vulnerable in a way that I'm not if I'm with a community. It's just that simple. So two are better than one. And it seems like from these illustrations that Solomon doesn't describe living in community as a luxury, like just something we kind of get as a perk. It seems like he's describing it as a necessity. And certainly we see from those who don't have it how hard that can make life be. So together is most definitely better. And this year is going to be about getting together. And what I mean by that is strengthening the community of faith and inviting others to join us. So we don't ever want to get into this little bubble where we're just having the time of our lives as a little community of faith over here and the rest of the world's going to hell in a handbasket. We're not going to do that. We're going to connect so deeply with one another that we can't help but turn outward and invite the world to come in and experience what we do each and every day as God's people. I want to give you some, uh, some things that we've been developing to help us, not only with each other, but certainly with those who are visiting we have a brand new brochure. Let me, where did I put that? Here we go. Did everybody get this? So this is a great overview of our church. Not a whole lot of detail, but just great stuff in here that um, it's kind of our DNA. This is who we are. Um, certainly, we'd love for you to read it, but what we'd like more is for you to give it away. Find somebody, a neighbor, a coworker, somebody around you that might be lonely, that might be looking for community and say, hey, would you love to come to church with me sometime and give them this brochure and let them see what we're about, what we're like. And then if you're new, um, it, it's interesting our website and websites really of any church, it's the new lobby of the church. People will go there almost 100% of the time before they ever step in here. And so we've created our website lobby to be a place where new people can learn about our church, begin to see what's going on here, get acquainted with uh, the, the schedule of the month or the year. There's a calendar on our website. Um, Rob and some others have really been working hard to make our website very accessible. If you were to click on I'm new, you're going to see a brand new video that we created for new folks. And I'd love for you to see this for a couple of reasons, just so you'll kind of hear me and Jeff talking about the church with a new person but also because this is a great place to send somebody. Again, we're just trying to say, come join us, and then giving them a way of getting to know us. So check this out, and then uh, we'll continue.
also want to invite you to Connecting Point. That's an opportunity for you to meet members of our staff in an informal, interactive, and informative small group reception. Those take place the second Sunday of every month after each of our worship gatherings. Now, on every other Sunday of the month, we'd love for you to join us in the living room across the lobby from our auditorium. You can meet with our pastors. So that gives you an idea. You don't have to clap for that. <laughs> oh, goodness. A great way for people just to get a first impression of our church and what we have available. I do want to highlight two things that we mentioned in there. First of all, starting point. It's a great place to start. You can always point folks there. And honestly, anyone can go there. If you have a question, if you need some uh, direction on something, that's a great place to go to get started. And then Connecting Point is, uh, is a new reception that we've just started. It's going to be every month, second Sunday of the month. So if you're new here today, there's a Connecting Point today, right after this service, and there'll be another one after the 11 o'clock service. And really, it's just an introduction. It's just a big kind of broad flyby of here's Fellowship Bible Church and an opportunity to begin asking questions. So uh, if you are new today, we would love for you to go to that reception right after uh, the worship gathering. Um, now, we've got, also got some new equipping for everyone. Um, I'm really excited about this because it feels a little bit like um, once you sort of get in the groove and things get familiar, you just sort of can go through the motions, right? And you can forget who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. And so in some ways, uh, what I'm about to tell you about, it's almost like a Vision Sunday once a month uh, in a particular area. We're calling it Foundations. We have four seminars that we have put together and uh, we're going to do them once a month on the fourth Sunday of the month after the, worship, the second worship gathering. There'll be a lunch provided. There'll be child care provided. And you can go and get an idea of more at a foundational level who we are. So there's uh, 101, 201, 301, 401, right? Just like going to seminary or something. Um, and the themes are going to be this right here. A connected life. That'll be the first one. Then a Christ-like life, talking about growth and change. A life of service, so understanding how do we function as the body and serve together and serve one another. And then finally, a life on mission. How do we as a church really go out there to bring the good news of Christ to the world? So we would literally like to invite everybody to sign up for foundations and attend. You don't have to attend them all at this, you know, right in a row. You can just pick one here or there, but they're going to be available twice a year. So beginning this month, we'll start with 101 uh, at the end of this month, and then you can attend each month after that. For everyone who finishes those four seminars, you'll get a certificate that will be uh, having completed foundations. Last thing I want to mention, just from a communication perspective, we have fellowship news for everyone. You've heard about it the last few weeks, but we have a new newsletter that goes out every week on Thursday. It's called Connect. It's our weekly update. It's got a blog. It's got events, calendar stuff, uh, financial updates, links to ministry groups and opportunities. So it's all there. One communication comes right to your email, and, uh, and you can check it out. And then, again, you can go any number of places to get further involved. So we'd love for you to uh, keep up with that, read that, stay informed so that you know what's going on. But um, again, Rob Bloss uh, has been leading the charge on putting that together and has had some great help to get us to a place where we can put that out week after week. 
All right, specific to our theme, what are we going to do this year? Well, we are going to start the book of Ephesians next Sunday. And uh, I mean, obviously, all of our Bible is good, but there are few books in our Bible that really help us understand who we are as the body of Christ and what God has called us to be and to do in terms of how we live each and every day. So we're going to kick off this series next week. We call it Life and Light. And uh, it, the, the book just divides into two, two nice halves. The first three chapters are really about the reality of our life in Christ. And then the second three are living as children of light in the darkness. Jeff is going to kick us off next week and get us into that study. Now, when we talk about connecting, when you hear that word, what we want you to do is we want, to hear, we want you to hear strengthening our community of faith, right? Again, you're going to benefit. We all like being connected. That feels good, right? But that's not the end goal of being connected. It's so that we can have life-changing influence on the world around us. And this strengthening you might think of as bodybuilding, right? We're connecting withward with the body and we're building up the body. And my experience has been that doing that kind of work as a community of faith involves four commitments, four mutual commitments. It's not just what like staff or elders might commit to the church or what the church might say, hey, all of you guys, you ought to be committed to this. These are four mutual commitments that we all have as members of the larger body of Christ and then this particular local expression called Fellowship Bible Church. So here they are, consistent corporate worship, community group participation, faithful service, and financial partnership. When we get the question, what does it mean to be a member at Fellowship Bible Church? Those are the four things that we point to. Now, the important thing about these is we didn't just come up with them. We just didn't decide, well, what would be some good things for everybody to do so that our church can be okay? We really tried to say, what does the body look like? Even going back to the first century when it was just being formed by the apostles, what did they do? And it seems like there was an ongoing expression of corporate worship. They got together to get in the word and to worship. They lived in small groups. For them, it was they literally went house to house and they shared meals together and they sharpened one another, prayed for one another, cared for one another. Sounds a lot like a community group. They were doing that as a way of life. They served. And I'll just point you to Romans 12. I'm going to read a little portion here in just a minute. But um, they served one another. And, and that was a necessity for the church to even function. And then they gave. So specifically, let me highlight some things that uh, we're really excited about going into a new year. As it relates to worship, um, we want this environment right here to feel so dynamic. Like that somebody would come in and go, whoa. There is life in that room. And that doesn't mean that we're flailing around and running the aisles and doing all that kind of... It just means that we are engaged. That when we're singing a song or we're praying or we're listening to the word being taught, it's like we are dialed in and expecting God to do something life-changing. That's what we want this environment to be like. So here's just one little example that I so appreciate. Kevin Perry, our worship arts pastor, he's stepping out in a, in a new direction, kind of adding to the great leadership that we have from our worship team, but he is beginning a worship-leading choir, a worship-leading choir. So that just means that there's plenty of you who are like, uh, I don't know if I'm like one of these folks that needs to get on a mic all by myself and, and do my thing, but I love to worship and I love to sing. You've got a place to help lead the body in worship as part of a choir. So if that excites you, we want to invite you to be a part of that. I know that Kevin is pulling folks together right now to form that. So that will help us Engage even further as a community of faith right here when we get together 
on Sundays. I'll say in addition to that, you know, some people, unfortunately, in, in the U.S., kind of in our, our church context, they kind of get up Sunday morning and they, they're like, hmm, I wonder what I'd do today. I could go to church. But then there's about 10 other things I could do. That literally is how a lot of people think about, approach the corporate gathering of the body of Christ. We want to change that. Our hope would be that when you get up Sunday morning, you could not imagine another place you'd rather be than with this community of faith. Because when you come, you will most definitely receive, but the Lord may use you in a powerful way in someone's life just to listen to what's going on, maybe pray for somebody right there on the spot, maybe offer a word of encouragement. That's what we're meant to do when we get together. This isn't just some routine that we do. This, this is body life right here. And we hope that that will be a huge priority for everyone. Secondly, in community group participation, I talked a couple of weeks ago about community groups being the skeletal system, right, of our church. It's the backbone of body life. Um, in our community groups, we're praying for spiritual formation and leadership development. It's where we care for one another, pray for one another, serve one another in a very close-knit sort of way. And uh, unapologetically, we invite and urge everyone to be in a small group. So this Sunday, we're starting our new community group week. We have 32 groups that are going to meet this week and over 350 people in our body. If you're not in a community group, we'd love for you to be a part of that. We think it'll change your life. And we think that you have something to offer that group wherever it may be. Um, and now speaking of kind of offering, bringing something to the body, service is just a part of the Christian life. Everyone has a part to play, and we need everyone to play their part. Did you hear that? whole The whole thing. Everyone has a part to play. You have a part to play in the life of this church. But we need you to play your part. And if you don't, we lose out. We all lose out. Listen to Romans 12, 4 through 6. As in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. And individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If you don't know how God has gifted you, we would love to help you find that. And then we would love to help you find a place where you can use that gift to the glory of God and to the good of his people. We, uh, we believe that will be one of the most fulfilling things that you do in your life. It certainly has been for me. And then finally, financial partnership. Um, hopefully, if you've been here for any period of time, you know we talk very comfortably about money because we don't need to twist your arm. We don't need to manipulate you. Uh, we're actually not supposed to um, provoke you in any kind of way like pressure. All we need to do is just to say, hey, here's what the needs are. And here's what the Bible seems to say about biblical generosity. And uh, it's just part of life. It's just what we do as the community of faith. So we do that in an ongoing basis with First Fruits during the year. We'll continue to do that. But then we also will give you updates in the newsletter so you can keep up with our finances there. And then at uh, Vision Sunday, we will give you an update. I want to encourage you... Um, so far, as of last Sunday, we've given um, over a million dollars. So encouraging. And that's just to the general fund. Then in addition to that, three years ago, or almost three years ago, we began a capital campaign so that we could pay for the 8,000 additional square feet that are at the back of our building for our children's ministry and a number of other uses. But... Um, we had a million dollars committed to that. 
And we uh, were $200,000 away from meeting that commitment. Now, here's what's so encouraging to me. Because I talk to other pastors and other churches and consultants and all that kind of stuff. And here's what they tell us. They're like, okay, so you had a million dollars committed. You might, if it's really good, you might get 80%. That breaks my heart. Like, why would we commit to something and then not do it? That seems kind of strange for a Christian, right? So, right now we're just 200,000 away from it. We're at 80%. Let's finish. March, at the, March 1st, that will be the end of our capital campaign. Wouldn't it be awesome to celebrate 100% fulfillment of our commitments to that pledge? And that will put us in a great position financially as, as it regards debt. Um, we'd be in a great spot. Um, in general fund giving, we're just under $40,000 behind our giving goal. There can be a lot of reasons for that. But uh, our hope is that by the end of August and the beginning of our new ministry, September 1st, we'll, uh, we will have fulfilled our giving goal. We've definitely got the capacity. We've been meeting that over the last several months. So let's finish strong. Um, I guess the one thing I want to say about financial partnership is every church has a capacity, and that capacity is directly tied to opportunity. There are things that God wants for this church and wants to use this church to do in the world around us. And one of the factors that really does limit what we can and can't do is the financial resources that we have available. So going into a new ministry year, we want to ask you, our elder team, we want to ask you to prayerfully consider what the Lord would have you give this year. And our commitment to you is we're going to be good stewards of every dollar and we are going to use it to expand the kingdom. We are going to try and move things forward. Um, connecting withward with the body isn't merely social, it's strategic. It involves shared commitments to Christ, to one another, and to the mission. Uh, I just came across, across a quote this last week by Al Mohler. He said, one of the great challenges for the Christian church is knowing the difference between a church and a crowd. We don't want to be a crowd. We want to be the body of Christ, deeply connected with one another. Some initiatives that we have going forward this year, we're going to do fellowship outward again. And we've already committed to going back to all of the places that we went this year. And our hope is that we can add to that in Arizona, uh, Kevin is exploring uh, some ministry with the Navajo and Apache reservations there and tons of opportunity to really serve and encourage uh, those folks. We've got opportunities in India. Um, Hope Force is continuing to go to a number of different places and we can connect with them. Um, we've got connections in uh, East Asia that we could explore. Like, there's lots of possibilities. And we're asking God to, to lead us out. And our hope is, we had 180 people go this year. What if we did 360 next year? That'd be kind of fun, wouldn't it? So we're going to go outward. Um, focused discipleship. And I'm just highlighting a few things. There's many other things going on. And, and if I miss something, please forgive me. I'm just trying to give you a taste of where we're going. But focused discipleship. We talk about four square relationships, right? Everyone having a Paul, a Barnabas, a Timothy, and a Nicodemus. If you're not sure what that is, grab me and I'll explain it to you. But we all need a mentor in our life and we need a protege in our life, someone that's pouring into us and someone we're pouring into. And so in our men's and women's ministries, we're going after this in a big way. In our men's ministry, we're going to have 11 new groups starting this fall that are kind of small, focused, three guys, one leader, and they're working through uh, some material called Every Man a Warrior. If you'd like to get in on that, talk to Jeff. A uh, great opportunity to grow in the context of authentic relationships there. And then in women's ministry, we have T2 pods or Titus 2 
pods. They've been going on for a couple of years. We'll have eight new groups that are starting. Same format, three folks in a group and one gal leading it. So that right there is 76 people that are very intently focused on discipleship and growing through that. I hope that you uh, could uh, be a part of that. Strategic partnerships that we have for ministry, uh, Men of Valor, Young Life, Search, Stepping Stones, First Friends, Hope Force International, East Asia School of Theology, Portico, Family Life Ministries in Honduras, Amazima Ministries in Uganda, Jesus Followers Ministries in India. We've got all of these amazing partnerships, and we're prayerfully asking God to show us where do we need to invest all of the resources that we have, not just money, but time, talents, and the truth of God's word. We're excited about those partnerships going forward. Um, This has been a real fun development recently. Our church has always had educators in it, and that that can be private, it can be public, and it could be homeschool. We, We just have been blessed with a number of people who are involved in education formally or informally over the years. So a few years ago, we had a homeschool co-op called Abode that came to us, and they said, hey, could we meet in your building once a week? And they have been. How many years, Jeff? Three years, maybe? Three or four. Three or four, yeah. Love having them here. There's now how many kids that are coming? Uh, Roughly, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> seven, around 70 or so. Just been a blast to have them here. And for this to be a place, right? We built this building saying this wasn't just for us. We want this to be a place where others in our community can use it for a variety of purposes. Well, we were approached recently by Redeemer Classical Academy. And they uh, were in need of an interim space while they build a permanent facility about three miles down the road here off of Veterans. And so we prayerfully ask God just to give us direction, and it's a big deal. Like it's five days a week. They will use the entirety of that back 8,000 square feet except for our staff offices. They're going to put a modular building just on the other side of this wall right here that's another 8,000 square feet. They are going to be here for two years with us. And I just met with their parents and their board this uh, just this last week. And you guys, the excitement when they walked into our building, it was just, it's indescribable. They just, they couldn't believe that a church would invite them here and just say, okay, you got some space back there. And, and that we would want to serve them and house them for the next two years. Just awesome. So they're going to be here. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful partnership because then they're going to be just down the road. And what a great opportunity for us to be connected with them for years and years to come. We're excited about that kind of step forward as a community of faith right here in our city. Last thing I'll mention is... Uh, we were invited to be a part of a citywide 40-day fast and prayer initiative in January. I don't know how many churches will be a part of it, but we are so excited about this. Our church has always had a heart for citywide stuff. Like We don't want to just do our own thing. So we're going to lock arms with, who knows, 5, 10, 20 churches. I don't know. And we're going to do a 40-day fast beginning in January, and we're going to ask God to do an amazing work in us and through us as the larger body of Christ, with the word, with the body. How about that? Even outside of our walls. Well, we are more than a cultural tribe. We are family. And uh, I, I haven't... I haven't thought of too many tangible expressions that have been more meaningful to me over the years than what I'm about to to share with you. Um, When Kimberly and I moved here, we met this young couple, Austin and Nicole Henderson. And uh, just out of college, newly married, just getting started. And uh, it was just a, a beautiful friendship and 
Kimberly and I were like, hey, we'll just pour into this couple. That right there, <laughs> that right there is our first Fellowship Bible Church strategic planning retreat. There it is. It's where it all started. And that's Austin right there in front. Look at him. <laughs> Over the years, so Kimberly and I poured into Austin and Nicole. They have poured into all of our kids. My son Grant is now mentoring Caleb. And then just a few weeks ago, I want to show you what Caleb was doing. That's Cheryl. He led her to Christ. Guys, that is body life. That is the family of God over years. Highs, lows, bumps in the road, beautiful victories. It's all there. But it's just walking in community, chasing hard after God, trusting him for big things, investing in and then receiving back. Like that is the life. And there's a connection like Kimberly and I, we get to celebrate this little girl in Memphis who's going to spend eternity with God. And it began with just a simple relationship where we said, hey, you want to do church together? And we said, yeah. And we did it. And we've been doing it. You can do that. That can be your story. And we're not the models. That just, we're broken yet hopeful people. But what if our whole church was full of those kinds of stories? That's powerful. I want to invite you to prayerfully ask God what kind of story he wants for you in this coming year as it relates to connecting with, word, with the body. You should have gotten a card like this. And I, I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to be late. I'm so sorry. It's all my fault. Blame it on me. But I don't want to pass over what we're about to do because this is really important, okay? Um, we've given you a, a response card. This is your so what, and we want you to participate. So on there, first of all, I'll say this. If you're in this room and you have never entrusted your life to Christ, that's your, that's your so what today. Like, trust in him for the forgiveness of your sin, and then you're in. You're a part of the body. You're a child of God, and you have brothers and sisters all around you. So... If, if you were to do that today, just ask the Lord to forgive you and to uh, change your life. Then you can just write on that card, I trusted Jesus. And we'd love to follow up with you and uh, talk with you about that. Then, which of these is God calling you to intentionally grow in? I gave you those four mutual commitments. Just love for you to check any of those where you'd say, I want to really intentionally grow in this area in the year ahead. And again, as a staff team, we want to help you. We want to encourage you, resource you, do all of that. And then next, um, to keep growing and to get going, I'm interested in learning more about the following. So uh, there's a number of areas there. I know there's more opportunities to get connected, but uh, start with those five and then if you can just make sure that you put your name, your full name on the card so that we can follow up with you and uh, serve you in the days ahead, okay? So if you would just prayerfully consider, take a minute, fill out your card and hold on to it, and then we'll uh, take communion together. God, we, uh, we are captivated by you and you alone. 
you're worthy of our praise. We're grateful for the good work that you have done and are doing in us. And Lord, we look with great anticipation to the year ahead and pray that you would give us um, great clarity about every step you'd like us to take. And Lord, we will take it gladly, joyfully. Thank you for loving us so beautifully, so generously. Pray you'd be honored in our midst in Jesus' name. Amen.